The Hexgrid Hangouts has not been around long at all, but already this is going to be a first that I was not expecting. A hangout with someone I know almost nothing about. So uh, <laughs> this is going to be fun. Hanging out with me this week is Federico of Arakan Media. Did I pronounce that correctly? Arakana. Arakana. Oh, I, I misspelled mm -hmm. it. Arakana Media. Uh, Federico, welcome and uh, nice to meet you. Hello, nice to meet you. Got a got a got a fair bit to go over this week. So uh, you are here uh, to talk about your uh, TTRPG Nibiru. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I I think all I did. I see you. Uh, someone had retweeted your uh, call for wanting to have conversations with podcasters. I'm like, you know what? Mm -hmm. Sure. <laughs> so uh, why don't you go ahead and tell me a little bit about yourself and a little bit about uh, Nibiru. Okay, uh, about myself, I'm basically an Argentinian games designer. Um, I started working in RPGs about like working for Modiphius, Modiphius Entertainment. Oh, uh, uh, they the, do the British games publisher. Uh, Star Trek Adventures. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm joining a game uh, in about twelve hours actually. So okay, I, <laughs> I do know I do know Modiphius. That's awesome. Yeah, so I work with them in pretty much every sort of like ga gaming department. First with like war games, then board games, and then eventually uh, with role-playing games uh, for about two years, more or less. Um, mm -hmm. And uh, basically during that time, I launched the Kickstarter for Nibiru, which funded very well. Um, uh, we basically uh, did distribution for a while with Medifius and then went independent with uh, Oracana with my company. And now mm -hmm. I'm uh, basically uh, in Japan. Uh, so I'm living in Japan and uh, continuing to, to do uh, role-playing games here. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, so so uh, I'm just curious, this podcast uh, ostensibly is a, is a Paizo Starfinder homebrew podcast, but I, I play... Mm -hmm whatever I can get my hands on to, uh, these days. So, um, mm -hmm. I, I'm quite familiar with, uh, the Paizo model, the Paizo people. What's, uh, and, and kind of like, you know, American gaming setup here. What's mm -hmm. it like, um, in Japan as to compare to, uh, London or anywhere else you've played? How, how, how thriving is the, uh, the, uh, community Ooh. there? Uh, there's quite a bit, uh, with, with regards to role play. I think that, uh, because of how, uh, like get togethers, uh, get organized here and, and, uh, how hectic life can be, at least in Tokyo, mm -hmm. um, uh, people favor a lot like one shots. Um, oh. so one shots are very popular, uh, not like super long campaigns. Um, the big thing Japan has that it, that's that's very like that happens here with regards to role playing games is that replays are uh, are something essentially transcripts of sessions that get printed in like soft cover books and sold. Uh, oh. So I imagine that like you have like a three session run uh, of mm -hmm. Pathfinder. Uh, you basically have like a transcript of that. Um, sometimes it's like illustrated. There's like really lavishly illustrated like for example call of Cthulhu, um uh replays that get published uh and that's that's kind of like a popular thing 
Um, so just as like an additional form of entertainment, like. Yeah, exactly. That's mm-hmm. that's wonderful. I love that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and uh, if you'd say that maybe, for example, in the US, um, D&D is sort of like the bigger game. Here, it's mm-hmm. definitely Call of Cthulhu. It's like the most popular game by far. I'm in a game of it. It's uh, it's it's frightening in its uh, mechanics, <laughs> and I I have a blast every time I play. So I can I can definitely see the uh, the appeal there. That's that's outstanding. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's so yeah. cool. So, uh, you're out there. You're so clearly the TTRPG community is thriving. Uh, we, we mm-hmm. kind of have a thing here in America. Uh, Paizo is definitely part of this, where uh, Washington, the state of Washington, uh, mm-hmm. is like it's kind of uh, a very much spoken rule that if you want to if you want to be with the big hitters in the TTRPG scene you're most likely going to have to move to Washington is there anything like that mm-hmm. over there i mean certainly tokyo is is kind of like a big thing the, the thing yeah. is that like um today because of like covid and and all of that stuff like uh, at least here like everyone is like playing online and there's some really cool like tools to play online uh like um in japan like folk are not like using i don't know for example like uh roll 20 uh so mm-hmm. much as and they have like other uh platforms and uh and and they get like really cool sort of like setups uh to play online so yeah i mean tokyo is the center but uh it, it can vary excellent okay so um tell me about nibiru uh i have i have some you know dot points i'd like to go over but uh mm-hmm. coming from you tell me uh so Starfinder, which is our main podcast, is a mm-hmm. uh, sci-fi science fantasy role-playing game for anyone listening who doesn't know. Um, and as I was going and looking through Nibiru, I I definitely felt um, not like kinship, but it definitely felt like, oh, this is right up my alley. So uh, tell, mm-hmm. tell me a little bit about what the system is and does. Um, okay, so Never is basically a science fiction game of uh, lost memories. Um, the idea is that players take on the role of uh, vagabonds um, who are basically amnesiacs. They, they don't remember who they are, uh, lost in this colossal space station, which is homes to, to millions of people. Um, and they basically uh, go into this place and, and start to discover the place while trying to recover the memories of their past um it's it's science fiction yes it has uh bits of like hard sci-fi but at the same time it has uh some fantasy elements um and it's a system that, that's essentially designed to promote creative writing um in like small tidbits of lore and integrating basically uh the the lore of your character your character background with the mechanics um and kind of like flesh them out narratively and mechanically at the same time it uh, definitely felt like uh, there's a lot of collaborative world building involved in this. So it's mm-hmm. the the GM, uh, no, the narrator. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, uh, guides the story, but it's very much uh, the game relies on the players uh, in a good way a lot more than uh, mm-hmm. maybe other systems do. Where like, like it's very key that players 
you know, dig deep and find these because you're dealing with uh, one of the many themes you deal with is uh, identity, which yes, I I just I I got a real thrill out of reading. Um, so <laughs> can you uh, tell me a little bit about uh, some of the themes that you you talked about memory, you talked about uh, identity. Mm-hmm. So I have basically two axes, uh, like thematic axes uh, in Nibiru, which are, well, memory and identity and how those play with each other. And then uh, nature and artificiality, uh, which is like a big part of the the mythology of of the setting, let's say. Um, It's like humanity is basically living in in this space station and the humans of, of Nibiru don't really know what's outside of the space station. So their whole perception of the cosmos and what uh, entails like what's natural um, is like this steel landscape of like circuitry and 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 metal and it, it's it's very particular. Like even like the life forms that populate Nibiru, they feed off like electricity. They're bioelectric, except for humanity. So there's like a, a weird sort of like disconnect there. Uh, and trying to reconciliate that and and trying to parse uh, the uh, those two concepts, what's natural uh, and what's artificial in a world without sun and uh, which basically pumps air through like vents and and has like this water purification system and and, and all that stuff. Uh, it it kind of like creates ideas about the world that are very different from what we have on Earth. Um, and that's kind of like uh, the concept that I wanted to explore uh, mainly through the setting. So it is uh, a, a neighboring system of Earth. So this is mm-hmm. uh, Earth adjacent. Uh, I, I didn't quite see. Do you kind of keep it uh, a bit nebulous as to like how far into the future it is? Is this just? Yeah, just... Exactly. Mm-hmm. Totally. Okay. Uh, it's it's awesome. quite nebulous. <laughs> no, I, I love it. It's like because. Uh, some systems like they want to like lock down like this is earth if the car was never invented and so no i i like i like uh i like keeping it just vague mm-hmm. in a neighboring system so you're free to have whatever sort of lore you want whatever sort of uh uh mm-hmm. items you have so one of the parts of uh character building and uh in the sessions are memory points. Can you talk mm-hmm. a little bit about those? Cause those were really neat to, to kind of go over. Okay. Yeah, uh, sure. Memory points are basically the sort of like the main currency for creating your character and, uh, and also a big part of like what fuels your progression, uh, in the game. So, um, essentially they represent the potential to remember. Um, and uh, as you accumulate these, uh, whenever you roll for something, you can use those memory points to trigger a memory uh, that generally has some sort of like um, sensory, like uh, with regards to like senses, some sort of link to the action that you're performing. Uh, for example, if you're running away from like a group of baddies and you uh, are asked to run uh, to, to like uh, roll something to jump onto like a platform or something um, you can use those memory points and then you write a memory and it's going to be related to what you're doing so maybe you remember that you're very good at parkour uh, like in your in your hometown or something like that and you get like a bonus and in that way as you play your character kind of like gets filled with these memory points 
um, yeah, narratively and mechanically. Mm -hmm. I I love that. Um, and uh, you saying that you did work with Modifius, uh, and I'm not just going to like compare your system to others. This is a very unique system, and I I do want to get a little more into the mechanics of it. But in uh, Star Trek Adventures, there's oh no, I can't think of the name of the term, but uh, not not values, but like uh, you know, you're, you're claiming like this is a key component of my character, where like. Uh, mm -hmm. I'm giving her all she got, Captain, sort of thing, where like, you know, mm -hmm. this comes into play, like, oh, this is, I'm going to use this to get a bonus. Now, uh, what sort of uh, narrative devices uh, have you seen uh, people using these? Is it, do you, do you, do you imagine lots of people like using like flashbacks or is it just like a realization someone says like, oh, I can do this because of this? It's, it's always uh, justified through like a flashback. Um, in a way, the action that you're attempting um, is, is cool because basically it, it gives you a prompt. Uh, it's not like you have to come up with anything and you're basically left to like your own devices. No, if you're shooting, it's probably going to be a memory related to shooting. Uh, and it's <laughs> always basically these, these flashbacks that um, are sort of like related to, uh, to the action that you're taking. And also the archetypes that we have in the game uh, the which are called habitats, the places where the vagabonds come from. They kind of give the players different sort of like uh, setting uh, context uh, contexts uh, with regards to to where their um, their memories are set. Because maybe uh, your memories might be set in like this countryside village, and other vagabonds might have this other archetype that, like for example, the dreamlands, that is actually memories from other people. So um they're always trying to put themselves in the shoes of like an npc they found and which they kind of like know the memories of um and they're all like little different exercises in like world building and and sort of like lore uh writing so yeah mm -hmm. love it uh so a lot of great world building uh going going into these games uh your your site also says and i did read the uh the quick uh quick start guide so um you also say uh there you've team you've teamed up with uh folks in various fields of study related to the subject matter what sort mm -hmm. of uh what sort of people did you talk to and what was it like from a creative standpoint to have experts uh you know chime in on things you were making um so the most extensive uh because i had basically a um like a mental health cons consultant specifically uh with regards to the the sort of like mind system uh but the most extensive consultation i did uh was with a physicist uh friend uh joaquin de la cruz um with regards to several like setting aspects and also, I used a service um, that's that's financed by the uh, the the U.S. government, which is called the Science and Entertainment Exchange, um, uh, in which basically um, artists can get in touch with a science uh, a scientist uh, that works for that department uh, to do consultation. Um, and for that, I spoke with an astrobiologist, um, and that was basically with regards to setting details that have to do with people living under different um, sort of like uh, artificial gravity environments. Uh, but yeah, like the, the science of the station was the, the, the stuff that I um, kind of like went through the most. And uh, it, it was like super interesting. 
it, it's it's not like I'd say a necessity if you're going to make like a uh, like a science fiction game, mm -hmm. but it but some people do find that like that it adds to to the immersion factor, uh, and yeah, that it, it was pretty interesting, I think. <laughs> That's very good. Yeah, I, I like uh, there. Like, there's uh, a growing thing in the community that I I see now where there are um, like sensitivity trainers. Where like you know mm -hmm. you you know someone making a system, you know, may not have uh, a full grasp on you know identity. Uh, you spoke of identity. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, I'm I'm a, a cishet straight white dude. You know, I if I were to make a system and I were to include a uh, uh, queer representation i would want to make sure i you know go to the proper proper channels mm -hmm. and like you know have some uh edu educational or educated people mm -hmm. guiding me in that so with uh and and i love that you had an astrobiologist because uh just uh our last session in the starfinder pod uh Mm -hmm. uh, I just had a thing like, oh, you know, you know, it looks like some aliens busted open uh, this this cargo container, and uh, <laughs> one of my players like, oh, how big is the latch? I'm like, what? It's I don't know latch size, and so I, I just move on. Uh, a few minutes later, I'm looking at our group chat, and he, he's like, if it's this big, it has to be between sixty five and one hundred thirty five thousand psi. I'm like, buddy. I don't know. <laughs> so I, yeah. I'd love that. Uh, did you have any, uh, were there any like big clashes between what sort of vision you were trying to get across versus what uh, the, uh, the experts would give you as far as feedback? No, not really. I mean, it's, it's one of those things that like I, I consulted them with regards to certain specific uh, things. Um, mm. Like for example, um, because that's the thing, like if if you basically go to like an expert and you throw them the entire setting in their face, they're going to be like, okay, I I, I don't know how to start with this. Uh, it was mostly for sort of like specific things. For example, I knew that um, the metabolism of people, because um, the the station basically generates artificial gravity through rotation, mm -hmm. uh, centrifugal force. So if you're closer to the core of the station, you're going to feel the artificial gravity less than if you're far away. Um, and that sort of creates this like really interesting narrative device, which is um, the re you get a reason as to why the people can't leave the station. The fact is, if they try to reach towards the edges of the station as it rotates, the pressure becomes so unbearable. It's like trying to go past I don't know, a certain depth in, in the Earth's ocean. It's, it's sure. pretty much impossible. So uh, I wanted to know, like, for example, from the astrobiologist, how do people feel after several months of being under, I don't know, 1.5G, 2G, mm. etc. Um, and it kind of helped tackle that sort of thing in particular and form the writing because then I could be like okay yeah if, if you're in this settlement that is in this place you're probably going to feel like this or like that and yeah uh, it was for like punctual problems yeah lovely well, that's great mm -hmm. uh so I I did a little bit more uh research into uh kind of the system uh the the, the name uh I, I I didn't you know I'm not just gonna rehash interviews you've already had but uh, there was mm -hmm. one I where they were talking about the name Nibiru and when I first heard it my mind instantly went to Star Trek 
Into Darkness. Um, <laughs> the uh, the the first scene in that where uh, uh, the crew of the Enterprise are dealing with uh, a pre warp civilization. That planet was called Nibiru. Like the, mm-hmm. the the silly things my brain latches onto. So the name Nibiru uh, is it's quite uh, it's got quite a few quite a lot of uses. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so in, in naming this uh and uh i, I know you were very keen on the name the name it's it's a beautiful like the i'm a i'm not a learned mm-hmm. person about words but like the flow of words like like nibiru just feels good so i completely agree with you there yeah. like using it was so good uh in in your do you do you have a like a a, a team like this is largely you and i kind of skim skim through the, the credits of who you go through but is it mm-hmm. just you that is like the final decider? Was there any sort of collaboration on uh oh yeah uh, on yeah. creating the system itself? No, no, it, it it was all me. Like the 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 biggest sort of like contributors are, uh, outside of uh, myself were the the art team essentially. Uh, Great art, the by podcast. the way, I love it. It's so good. It <laughs> really evokes like. Uh, not a pretty like i love futuristic stuff i love futuristic stuff when it's not you know sterile uh Mm -hmm. like you i I can't imagine living in it but in this one it's very very i'm not an art person but it was a very realistic feeling style Mm -hmm. yeah totally (laughs) i mean going from starfinder that that's like a super colorful book so yeah yeah yes yeah yeah I, i yeah it's it's flashy it's uh but uh, yeah, and I really, uh, really like caught myself, you know, as I was scrolling through the PDF, like stopping and just looking at some of the art. So uh, mm-hmm. very good work there. So, okay. So the system itself, um, Starfinder is a one of a dozen, uh, <laughs> one of hundreds mm-hmm. of D20 systems. Uh, yours is a, a D6 system. So you, could you tell me a little bit uh, about D4. that? Or D4 rather. Sorry, I was... I was looking yeah. at my looking at my pile of D sixes yeah, over here as I said it. So it's a, it's <laughs> a yeah, not 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 so much a pool of dice, but you're definitely rolling. Yeah, it's it's very it's very simple uh, in, in in terms of like uh, how to actually make a roll. Um, yeah, uh, it's it's very simple uh, regards to like how you you make the roll. Uh, you basically just take three dice and you roll them. And if you have a four, like a, a dice lands on a four, um, you succeed. Uh, it's it's made to be like a very easy uh, sort of like task resolution system that I can uh, build upon with like the whole memory system um, and uh, essentially just build the thematic uh, core of the game, the, 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 the mechanics that have to do with the theme of the game on top. Uh, it's kind of like keeping the 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 more straightforward task resolution system uh, as simple as possible, uh, and yet yeah, it, it uses the force. <laughs> cool. Uh, so, how long of a development did it go from uh, the initial inception to uh, Kickstarter to where we're at now? So, Nivru, like the the system itself was like very fast it, it was the, yeah. the the easiest part uh, of the thing uh what what took very long was like the world building uh, and the of writing of the game um that that took like a couple of years uh the system was like i basically started with the system and it was pretty quick like if and if you uh check out the book of course you'll know like the the system is basically like 12 pages long or something like that so yeah 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. It was uh, it was uh, it was it felt very much like um uh what, what's the system powered by the apocalypse where it's like you know we will just want to get to the storytelling you know here are the rules you need to do here are the contested roles and how you do that and then the majority mm-hmm. of the quick start guide was uh lore uh story and then uh what i would recommend for people interested in playing is getting that quick start guide because you have pre-written adventures which uh mm-hmm. pr- prompts scenarios kind of thing which is uh <laughs> very very fun so i really appreciated reading through those uh pre-generated <laughs> characters all ready to go just right there very very good to get people just into the game immediately you know what that is all of my main talking points uh this was very straightforward as far as like you know what sort of <laughs> research i had to do your, your system looks really fun the lore like i'm i big big fan um and uh in starfinder uh the uh the the system kind of uses that uh memory uh not trope uh device to like you know there there's this large gap of missing information both uh historical and with uh, like people that live a long time elves like memory is it isn't clear on how they got from pathfinder to starfinder so like i like in in my mm-hmm. games i like to play with like oh you know the elves are really pissed because they have hazy Mm -hmm. memories of what happens and so the elves you know where some systems have them as a uh fantasy uh galadriel from lord of the rings say uh where they are isolationist and angry and suspicious and and i love i love systems that play with memory because someone coming into it like oh no this is established fact and i'm like "Mm, not necessarily so uh, Mm -hmm. i do really appreciate uh using stuff like that in telling these stories yeah totally like it 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 leaves you the space to 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 fill out essentially and and you can have that as a part of your your story the whole like finding the missing link uh it's 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 always interesting (laughs) you say in japan uh it's a lot of the 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 style the preferred community style is uh one shots do you uh have long-running games that you're a part of or that you know of that are running nibiru uh, that are running, yes, I know. Uh, that I am playing in or or running, not at the moment. I haven't okay. played role playing games in a while, uh, but but pretty much looking forward to. Uh, it's 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 kind of hard now because of the the whole like virus situation and and also like the fact that I kind of like I'm working on on uh, on basically like a Nibiru expansion and and oh. a different game too. So uh yeah okay it's it's a busy time (laughs) okay no that's it's great to be busy um excellent i i don't really have uh anything else on my notes is there anything else you'd like to include as far as uh, what people should know about getting into the game i know we can uh you can order it uh from kickstarter or Uh, you can order it um yeah i mean the kickstarter will basically send you to our website oracana dot com uh, but the best uh, probably like is to wait until like we, we're basically launching the Kickstarter on the 4th uh, of February for the mm-hmm. expansion. And that means you can get like the, the core game at a reduced price. So uh, that's probably the best way to get into uh, aside from the quick start guide, which is uh, free and you can get yep. that from drive through. Mm-hmm. Yep. I'm uh, <laughs> in fact, I'm going to. 
I haven't uh, brought it up to my players yet. Uh, maybe I'll have it brought up to him before this drops, and then it'll be a fun surprise for him that uh, I would very much like to do just a little uh, side thing and just explore, play with this system a bit, because it does seem like you could just drop anyone in as long as uh, they're keen on character building. Totally. Fantastic. Um, so where can we uh, find you uh, on uh, social media and the like? Uh, so social media, uh, you'll be able to find me at uh, Oracana1, uh, so at Oracana1 uh, in Twitter. Um, mm -hmm. uh, you can also like search for the the game Nibiru in in Facebook and or, well, in in, in Twitter too, like Nibiru RPG, and and you'll find sure. the the Oracana uh, sort of like handle. Uh, that's the main uh, way we have of like just interacting with the community. Um, mm -hmm. And uh, Oracana.com, that's our website. Uh, so yeah, that's, that's basically where we're at. Cool. And is it still, so is it you doing everything, social media and everything? Do you have, uh, it seems like you're very busy. Are you just very busy doing everything yourself? Yes, indeed. Oh, I wow. okay. do everything myself. <laughs> okay. Fair. Okay. Uh, I, I love my players, but, uh, I definitely do. I definitely feel you. I am GM writer, editor, social media guy. So I feel for you. That's awesome. So, uh, <laughs> thank you so much Federico for hanging out with me today. And I will be uh, sure to, uh, spread the good word of Nibiru as soon as I can. Awesome. Thanks to you, Don. <laughs>